Okay, so let's, let's move on to the Word. Uh, if you have your Bible, please turn to the book of Ruth. Book of Ruth. <clears throat> Let me pray and, and we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Father, uh, Lord, I just thank you again for this morning. Uh, Lord, I just ask that, uh, Lord, you would get maximum glory uh, and that your people, uh, Lord, will hear your word clearly and that, Lord, we will not just be hearers of the word but doers of, the, of your word as well in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the title of the message for this morning is Decisions, 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 okay? So like real estate, when in real estate, it's always location, location, location. Uh, but this, all right, in terms of Book of Ruth, the, the title is uh, Decisions, Decisions, Decisions. And, you know, we all make decisions every day, don't we? Uh, some are small decisions and some are bigger decisions. The smaller decisions are less consequential, uh, but they do add up, right? And then there are bigger uh, decisions that we make that has huge consequences, like who you marry, right? Has big consequences. Where, where you live, that has uh, uh, major consequences. So I want to look at the book of Ruth because book, the book of Ruth is what God gave me uh, in preparation for me and my team to go to Vietnam. And if you look at uh, how the book of Ruth is outlined, uh, it has four chapters, and it's really amazing. Uh, Ruth chapter 1 is Ruth decides. Ruth decides. Uh, we see that Ruth made a decision. Uh, chapter 2, we see that Ruth serves. After she made that decision, we see in chapter 2, Ruth serves, and, and she got favor from the Lord. She had to be in that right field at the right time, right, because of that firm decision that she made, and we'll look into that a bit further. And then chapter 3, we see that Ruth rests. Ruth rests, isn't it amazing? In laboring, she found rest, and the Bible says, labor to enter into his rest. And Ruth found rest in the Lord. Not just physical, but spiritual rest. And then finally, in chapter 4, we see that Ruth was rewarded. Rewarded, okay? So do you see that? That, that sequence of things from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 4. And that's how we are trusting God for Vietnam, right? We have to make that key decision, not just halfway, right? Not just like, oh, maybe... We have to be steadfastly minded to make that decision so that when we land in the field, right, and we got punched a couple of times, we're like, oh, you know, uh, we're going to give up. No, right? That, that key decision need to be made uh, in our lives. And so Ruth chapter 1 is where we're going to camp out. And Ruth chapter 1, we see four decisions that are made. And we're going to look through each of those decisions and find some principles that we can learn so that we can, uh, by the grace of God, make decisions based on the principles of God rather than the penalties of God. Amen? We can either learn things the hard way, right, which is unnecessary, or we can just learn things by God's way, which is the better way, Right? And so, so, so four decisions is where we're going to go at because my goal is that uh, we can, you know, we are encouraged to make good decisions uh, in our lives. So verse 1 to 2, we see Elimelech deciding to leave Bethlehem, Judah. Verse 1 and 2, that's Elimelech deciding to leave Bethlehem, Judah. In verse 3 and 5, we see their sons, Malon and Chilion, deciding 
to be unequally yoked. And in verse 6 and 7, we see Naomi deciding to return to Bethlehem, Judah. And then finally, verse 8 to 18, we see Ruth and Opa, the, the, the two daughter-in-law, deciding whether they want to follow Ruth or not. And so let's read verse 1 and verse 2 uh, and, and go from there. Verse 1 and verse 2, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Aphrodite of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Okay, so we see uh, the context here is during the book of Judges, and we know in the book of Judges, if we turn one page before the book of Ruth, we see in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did, which was, uh, did that which was right in his own eyes. That is the context, that is the setting of the book of Ruth, right? People are just doing what is right in their own eyes. And so many decisions being made, and Elimelech is making a decision here to leave Bethlehem, Judah, to go into Moab. And do you know that words in the Bible mean something? Right? And so Bethlehem, Judah, means house of bread. Right? And then Moab, if you study it, is, is a result of the ancestral relationship of Lot and his daughters. That's what produced the descendants of Moab, and then they become Moabites, if you will. So they're, they're, again, they're coming from uh, you know, Bethlehem, Judah, house of bread, to Moab. Uh, not too good, right? Some people may think it's reasonable because th what, th what was going on? There was a famine. There was a famine going on, and, and we would think in, in the physical eyes, you're saying, oh yeah, that's reasonable. We, we ought to move, right? But it doesn't mean that we have to do that because we see that God puts us in trials and tribulation and in testing so that we can grow in our faith. We see that very same uh, experience that, that, that Abraham has in Genesis 12, right? Uh, God promised Abraham to, to, you know, that he will bless Abraham, right? That he will give him descend, descendants like the, uh, the numbers, like the stars in heaven. But yet, when he went, he went down south, and what happened in the south? There was a famine in the south. And guess what uh, Abraham do? He went to Egypt, which is a picture of the world, right? And Pharaoh is a picture of, of Satan. Again, good decision? No. It was a bad decision. God wants to test his faith, right? So key point number one that I have for us is we need to be careful not to leave a place of blessing. If you're taking notes, this will be a good time to write this down. Is that we need to be careful not to leave a place of blessing unless God specifically directs us to do so, right? Uh, you are in this church, you know, just because things are hard in your life doesn't mean that you have to leave, right? You're in a discipleship relationship uh, that's just started and then things happen, right? Do you just leave that? as well, right? God forbid, right? God forbid that we do that. Man, we, God wants to 
tests us so that we can grow in our faith. And for us, you know, God has given us multiple things. Mass email, my wife saying yes. The pastors at large at Midtown, uh, my, my home church is saying, yes, we see the hand of God moving. Please proceed. And, and, and it's still hard for us to leave our church, right, which is a Bethlehem Judah, which is a house of bread to go to a, a place where we won't have all that support, right, where our kids doesn't have all that. So be careful. Uh, to leave a place of blessing. Uh, and then number two here, let's read verse 3 to 5, the second decision. This is now Malon and Chilion, uh, the son of Elimelech that made the decision to move his family uh, to Moab. Okay, verse 3 to verse 5. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Okay, see that immediate effect of that decision-making? And she was left and her two sons, and they took them wives of the woman of Moab. The name of the one was Opah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died, also both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Okay, so again, one thing you need to know about the Moabites, God has warned them about the Moabites. If you look at the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 23, verse 3 says, An Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Okay? And then you see that, Nehemiah 13, 1, uh, you know, the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God forever. And, and, and if you study a bit about more about what they're doing, they even do human sacrifice. Uh, it's just crazy, right? God says, don't, don't mingle with them. Now, one other thing I want to point out is that when you look at the names of the parents, it's amazing because uh, Elimelech means God is my king. What a great name to have, right? Again, name means something. And then when we look at Ruth, her name uh, means uh, pleasant. Pleasant, what great names. But when you look at the names of their two sons, Malon and Chilon, uh, it means uh, weak and puny. Weak and puny, okay? You've got you to gotta think, like, what is going on here, right? What is going on here? You've got these uh, names of these parents that are so amazing. God is my king and pleasant to them. The kids, the kids, the fruit is not so good. And I, I have to suspect that, uh, there, that there's some parenting issues going on in the household, Right? There, there is some decisions that are made by the parents that are probably not that good. Perhaps there is some hypocrisy that's going in the household. You know, on one hand, you know, we're saying, yes, Lord, you know, at church, right? But the kids are watching the parents at home that it doesn't line up, right? We can see that through the evidence of them when things are difficult for the parents. What do they do? Let's check out of here. You see that? Right? And so, man, I am convicted of that myself because we have two young kids and I am so aware that they are watching us. Right? Right? They are watching us and, and the world is watching us. Are we living the life? Right? That we say or claim to do. Right? At church. Right? Are we, are we being consistent or are we being hypocrites? Now, by the way, Everyone's a hypocrite to some measure, right? But, but is it so obvious that is the case? 
right? Is that so obvious in the case? And I suspect there's something going on with the parenting uh, issues. And so I want to make a key point number two here, which is many poor, small decisions will always lead into bigger problems. Okay, many poor, small decisions will always lead into bigger problems. If you look at, if you look at people's lives, right, and, 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 and they just, uh, just done like crazy things, and they, they, they ask themselves, how did I get here? What did, how did I get here? Right? It was all those compromises, small, poor decisions, right? Uh, and, you know, uh, not reading their Bible, hanging out with the wrong person, right? Again, making a lot of poor decisions, and then the it's bigger problem, right? Galatians 5.9 says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, right? And Galatians 6.7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, right? And, uh, and I, I want to I challenge us to examine ourselves. What are the decisions, even the small ones, even the, you know, right, the, the small bad habits that we have that we need to confess to the Lord and say, God, I don't want to make compromises in my walk with you. That's not okay, right? Are you hearing me, right? And, and I'm speaking to myself, like things that I need to be more consistent and right and say, I cannot make these compromises, you know? Uh, uh, my, my quiet time needs to be absolutely consistent, not rush, right? I need to get in bed early so I can be alert in the morning to spend time with God, consistent, small decisions, right, leading to bigger problems. And we see that the result of, of, of both of these decision-making by the father and the two sons, both led to death. It's interesting, the consequences of sin leads to death. And so, so I want to I say key point number three here, sinful living will always end bad. Sinful living will always end bad and cost more than what we're willing to pay for. Okay, sinful living will always end bad and cost more than what we're willing to pay for. Right, if you think about uh, the book of Joshua, uh, Achan, right? Remember Achan in Joshua 7, right? He coveted some stuff, right? Uh, I would suspect maybe not even his first time. Right, coveted some stuff, some garments, some silver and gold, right? And then what happened? He and his whole family got stoned to death and then was burned. What would you think that if he knew what the consequences were, right? Uh, Ananias and Sapphira in, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, right? Lied about their offering and boom, one after the other died and God shows us, man, this is the result of sin and make an example of them, right? And so we got to be very careful that, that you know, sinful living is, it costs so much more than we are willing to pay. Let's, let's move to the next one. Verse 6 and 7, this time it's Naomi considers to go to Beth- Bethlehem, Judah. Verse 6 and 7, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab 
how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. Okay, so now Naomi's like, oh man, I'm going back to Bethlehem, Judah. I'm going back to the house of bread, okay? And so key point number four, for us, it's never too late to come back to a place of blessing. Hallelujah. I mean, isn't that awesome? That it's never too late to come back to a place of blessing. And I can't think of a better illustration than from the book of Luke 15. book of Luke 15 is the story of the prodigal son, right? The son really messed up, didn't he? right? Took all the money and just lived a crazy life and then realized, man, it was bad and then came back and was willing to be a servant. But yet, what was the response of the father, right? It's like, put a rope on him. Let's get a fatted calf. Let's have a celebration for him. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it cool that that's the perspective from our Father in heaven. And sometimes uh, we have the you know, wrong perspective of the Father where He's just out to get you. He's just out to get you. He don't love you. He just want to chastise you for no reason. So different than that, right? So different from that. God wants to come, us to come back to the right relationship with Him. And it's always worth it to be right with God. Amen? And what we see also that, that when she did that, right, when she made the right decision, we see the two daughter-in-law also came with her, at least along the way, along the way, okay? In verse 6, and so I want to encourage us, when we make good decisions in our life, when we come back to a place of blessing, guess what? Others might come along. Others that are with you may, may come along with us, Amen? So that is, that is a, 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 man, a blessing. And, and so let's look at the, uh, the last decision-making, and this is Ruth and Opa deciding uh, whether to follow Naomi or not. Okay, verse, verse 6 to 18. And so uh, we see the good news has arrived, right? There's bread in the country. And, and at first, we see that they were coming along. But then as they were coming along with them, Naomi started to challenge that decision. Okay, we see that uh, in verse 8 to 16, and we'll look at that four attempts of Naomi to challenge that decision. So let's, let's read the first attempt in verse 8. And Naomi said unto her two daughter-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. Uh, the Lord uh, grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them, and they lift up their voice and wept. Okay, so first, first challenge, like, hey, uh, you have my blessing, go back. Right? Go back. You have my blessing, go. And then the second attempt, and Naomi said, turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that, ye, that they may be your husband's? And now Naomi say, hey, you don't have to come because I, have, I don't have anything to offer you. I don't have sons anymore, right? And then uh, third attempt in verse 12, turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I, uh, if I should have an husband, 
also tonight and should also bear uh, sons, would ye tarry for them till they, till they were grown? Would you stay for them for having husband? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. Okay, third attempt, saying that the hand of God is out from me. Man, just go. Just go. I got nothing for you here. And, and what we see here is Opa took the bait. Opa took the bait, but not Ruth, because on the, you know, on the fourth attempt, uh, we see that, 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 um, that Naomi uh, tests one again to, to Ruth. Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her God. Why don't you just go with her, right? But, but Ruth didn't budge. Ruth didn't budge. So, so Opa is a picture of a double-minded person. Okay, of a double-minded uh, person. And so, man, how many times have we, you know, if you will, make that decision at church or at a conference or what? what God, I'm 100%. I'm, I'm with you. I got it. Yes. Yes, God. I, yes, you spoke to me and everything. But come Monday, right, and Tuesday and, and Wednesday and those challenges starts piling up. Hey, you don't have to do that. Hey, you don't have to submit to discipleship. Hey, you don't have to do what the pastors say. Hey, the, the word of God, man, man, it's not clear, you know, and all kinds of excuses. Uh, business, career, girlfriend, boyfriend, top, top excuses, if you will, right? And then he's like, uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll check out. Yeah, thanks, right? And, but how beautiful it is to see Ruth who is a picture of someone who is single-minded, right? Who is steadfastly minded. I want to read what, what she says that is so definitive in her decision-making. And I believe that, that every believer of Jesus Christ, to, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, need to make that clear decision in their life to follow Christ, right? In order for that trajectory of being a disciple to really begin, if a person hasn't really done that, discipleship doesn't really begin. And service is still, you know, not going to be blessed as we see in the book of Ruth. Let me read. And Ruth said, And treat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Wow. Isn't that crazy? In the time of judges, by the way, right, when everyone is making bad decisions, by the way, we are living in a time of Laodicea. It's, it's about my rights. It's about my rights, right? My rights, a free country. I want to do what I want to do. That type of climate was also in the time of judges. But what we see is an exception. What we see is a remnant of an individual that says, I will follow, right? And, and the Lord do so unto me more, like put a curse unto her, herself. I mean, how, how definitive that you, you, you can get than that, right? And, and so, key point number five, we should trust God to be a whatever, whenever, and however disciple. 
And I took that from the late Pastor Mark Trotter. And he used that phrase I thought was so, was so eloquent, was so appropriate, right? Be a whatever, whenever, however disciple of Jesus Christ. Because that was the example that we see in Ruth. In Ruth, she was steadfastly minded. And I pray that that, that would be us, right? The body of Christ. And that there will be a remnant of people from, from this church that says, you know what? I see what's going on in the world, right? But man, I want to follow God. I want to trust God. And I want to invite you to, 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 as we close up, you know, I want us to examine ourselves. Just take a moment to just, to just talk to God, right? God, have I, am I making compromises in my life, right? The decisions that I'm making, am I making compromise in my life? Those small decisions will lead into bigger decisions, right? Sinful living, man, will always end bad. And will cost more than that. Man, let me not do that. Let me get some accountability in my life, right? And so, uh, Pastor, you know, if you're going to come up here uh, and, and close us, uh, again, please uh, let us take a moment, right, to, to be still, right? And just be quiet as you respond to the message. Let, let not anything fall to the ground. Let's respond to the message. Let's respond to how roof responded amen because we see what that trajectory brings right that trajectory brings blessing in chapter 2 in her service we see that the trajectory brought what uh, rest don't we want rest peace in our life peace in our family and whatnot in the craziness of the world and then she was rewarded right because christ is coming back pastor